This is Transmission Interrupted, the podcast series from NEETEC, the National Emerging Special Pathogens Training and Education Center. Welcome to Transmission Interrupted from NEETEC. Hello, and welcome to Transmission Interrupted. My name is Vanessa Raba, and I'm an adult and pediatric infectious disease doctor at the NYU Grossman School of Medicine. For those of you not yet familiar with us at NETEC, our mission is to increase the capability of the U.S. public health and healthcare system to safely and effectively manage individuals with suspected and confirmed special pathogens in cooperations with the CDC and funded by ASPRIT, the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Nancy Larson, who's here to talk with us today about coping with COVID-19 in adolescents and young adults. Nancy is a behavioral and mental health nurse at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me. Nancy, what comes to mind when you think about how adolescents and young adults are doing during the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, I think immediately of all the children who have lost parents and caregivers to COVID in the last year, I think most of us who work in pediatric mental health knew this was going to be an enormous impact, especially considering how many grandparents are primary caregivers to children in America and how many single parent households we have. And I'm sure you and many of the listeners know about the statistics that came out earlier that approximately 140,000 children in the U.S. lost at least one caregiver to COVID-19. But that statistic is only as of June of this year, so it's grown and, of course, has disproportionately impacted what they describe as racial and ethnic minority groups. And this is really affecting a lot of children. Approximately one out of every 500 children in the U.S. has lost a parent or a grandparent who's a caregiver to COVID-19. That's a lot of trauma. Right. And I think that we should honestly assume most kids have experienced some type of trauma from the pandemic. There's this ongoing uncertainty of when is my family going to go back to normal? Is my family going to be okay? That can be traumatizing itself, not to mention all the disruptions to their normal routines and activities. Together, all that can be very detrimental to important developmental milestones at this age. Are there other challenges that young adults and adolescents are facing during COVID-19? Well, with those disruptions and changes to many of their activities, some kids may be feeling a loss of identity. I know for me, I was a former student athlete. And my extracurricular activity was really how I defined myself. And so much of my self-worth was wrapped up in that identity. And for our teens, to have those clubs, sports, and other activities taken away can be a real assault on their self-esteem. And then obviously there's the uncertainty and fear of missing out, which can be harmful to our teenage and young adult development. These activities also provided opportunities to meet their psychosocial needs and their social milestones like going to college, prom, or other school events that have been put on hold or canceled are just memories unmade for them. These postponements and the resulting social isolation can be really acutely and chronically distressing to our kids. Social isolation, loss of identity, and having this mismatch between reality and your expectations in life can be really hard to deal with at any age, much less at a time when you're already trying to figure out who you are, what your identity is, and grow into being independent. What kind of toll is this taking on our adolescents and young adults? So more kids are going to be at a higher risk of mental health exacerbations this year. That could be anxiety or depression. And unfortunately, one of the side effects of infection prevention has been a decreased accessibility to quality mental health care. 
I think it's really obvious how COVID-19 has disrupted the medical system in America, but I think many people may not be aware of how it has disrupted the mental health care system as well. And I think it's really important to highlight the systemic side effect of the pandemic. Telehealth has really stepped in to mitigate that loss of accessibility, but it's really undeniable the change in quality of care that's provided through that medium. Most people may think that having a session with your therapist or counselor in your own home is more private, but for teens and kids, that could be the total opposite. Do they really want to talk about all their deep, dark emotions with their parent on the other side of the door? Privacy is of the utmost importance to teens especially. Keeping in mind that many young adults and adolescents really highly prize their privacy, what are some of the signs and symptoms that family members and friends should be on the lookout for that might indicate someone is struggling internally with either anxiety or depression? So some signs may look more like being withdrawn from their friends and family, whereas physical signs of stress like abdominal pain or headaches that tend to be worse preceding events such as school or other stressful activities is really more common in younger children. And then you'll also see some sleep disturbances, either sleeping more or um, not enough, as well as frequent outbursts of anger or irritability. And the National Alliance on Mental Illness actually has a bunch of good articles and resources on their website if parents want to learn more about what they should be on the lookout for and then also how to seek professional help. We'll have a link to that website for those of you who are interested on our podcast website. What if we start noticing some of these signs or symptoms and we want to start a conversation with someone about how their mental health is doing? How do we do this without completely turning off a young adult or an adolescent? I think the less we as parents and caregivers stigmatize mental health, the better chance we have to open ourselves up to our kids so they can tell us when they're struggling. So making your child or teen feel like they have people who are there to support them, not judge them, people who are there to listen and help, and also to validate their feelings. So what's important to them may seem totally trivial to adults, but that's their reality and it affects them psychologically. And I know as parents, it's really hard. You want to instill values and discipline. But when a child is struggling with mental health, that's not really the time for discipline, especially when they're having these outbursts of anger or irritability. If they're showing those more covert signs, ask them what's going on. And I don't mean ask what's wrong with you. Why are you doing this? I mean, really ask them with compassion and a desire to understand and then ask them what does support look like for them? I think that's a really important point. We're all human and there are times when each of us is not OK and needs some extra support. Learning how to recognize those times and ask for help can be really hard, but it's not a sign of weakness. It's more of a sign of self-awareness and a valuable skill that we all need going through life that is important for us to teach our young adults and adolescents. Now, with some of the social isolation that's happening during COVID-19, we're seeing more people reaching out virtually to stay connected. And we know that for adolescents and young adults, social media tends to have a really big influence in their life. And it can be really difficult to sort through the information of what's out there, of what's real and what's not real, even for adults. How do we help make this social media experience a positive one rather than a negative one? I really can't stress enough how important it is to talk to your kids about social media and really put up boundaries on the amount of access that they have. With schools moving to virtual and after-school activities also being halted, we have seen more kids have this totally unfettered access to online information and communication, and that has psychological effects. So I'm not saying don't let your kids play their Roblox or Minecraft if that's helpful for coping during this traumatic year, but 
put limits, especially on their social media access, and discuss with them why certain accounts may not be reliable sources of information about COVID or mental health. Each social media claim is sort of like an investigation, and oftentimes it really doesn't take more than a simple Google search. I think one other question I wanted to ask you is about resilience in our adolescents and young adults. And we know this is a hot topic that we're hearing a lot about. As adolescents and young adults are growing into becoming more independent human beings, how do we help them develop resiliency? So we can really help them become more resilient. And by resilient, I mean improve their ability to cope with these setbacks and adversity. The single most effective way to bolster resilience is to provide a good social support. So allowing kids to socialize in healthy ways, so not social media, but instead something like family video calls or video calls with their friends, outdoor COVID safe gatherings. And then also I think it's really important that as adults, we're role modeling resilience in yourself and as a caregiver and discuss these ways that how you prioritize your mental health with your teen. Involve them in the ways that you're prioritizing your mental health. So that could be taking them to a spa day, doing meal prep and cooking together, or exercising together. I think that's a really important point. It's important for us to take care of ourselves and to set good examples because adolescents and young adults learn by what they see, not just by what we say. Thank you so much, Nancy, for joining us today to discuss how adolescents and young adults are coping with COVID-19. Thanks so much for having me. This is a really important topic, not only for kids, but adults as well, like you said. And I'm really grateful that Tech is taking the time to highlight it on their show. For those of you listening at home, thank you for tuning in to this episode on coping with COVID-19 for adolescents and young adults. We hope you'll join us for future episodes on a wide range of topics, from healthcare worker safety to personal protective equipment, and more about infectious diseases of all kinds. If you have any questions for us or ideas for future shows, please feel free to contact us at info at or you can find us on the web at netech.org slash podcast. That's N-E-T-E-C dot O-R-G slash podcast, where you can subscribe to future episodes and find more information on today's topic, including links about resiliency and mental health. We'll see you next time on Transmission Interrupted. You've been listening to Transmission Interrupted, the podcast series from Netech, the National Emerging Special Pathogens Training and Education Center. Learn more at netech.org.